Hola amigos, welcome back to 7 Minutes with the Goulets. I'm Brian. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex, and we're the Global Goulets, three New York City-based adventurers who quit our steady jobs to travel the world and film it all for TV. In this podcast, we take you along for the ride in our car, the Santa Maria, on our journey to Argentina, to give you a unique, real, and raw behind-the-scenes look into our current week of travels. In episode one, we took you to Zacatecas to learn about baby goat, cabritos. In episode two, we dragged you through the twists and turns of an animal market deep in the heart of Mexico City. And in episode three, we celebrated with the cheerful people of Santa Cruz, Oaxaca. This is episode four, broadcasting from the Mexican side of the Mexico-Guatemala border. Story time. Whoa, these stickers are awesome. Ah, I gotta get this bandana on this thing sick. How about these postcards? My mom would love these. Uh, that, that what do you want? That was yeah. good. These were our thoughts as we perused the Zapatista shop in San Cristobal de las Casas, a mountain city in the state of Chiapas, Mexico. Saying these thoughts out loud made the Goulets classic Zapatorists. Zapatorists are people who arrive in San Cristobal and get swept up in the idea and the lore of the Zapatistas, but don't really care to do anything about it or help their cause. What is the cause of the Zapatistas? Who are the Zapatistas? Well, they're a group of people in Chiapas, primarily indigenous to the region, who have been in a state of rebellion from the federal government for over 20 years. The Zapatistas exploded onto the global stage by taking over several cities and towns around Chiapas and storming the government building in San Cristobal, a symbol of Spanish colonialism, in 1994. The government quickly shut down this rebellion, but the Zapatistas continued their lives and their struggle in several autonomous regions around Chiapas. We had read about the Zapatistas before arriving into town and thought it would be awesome for our video to learn more about them. The problem is, we couldn't get anyone to tell us about them on camera. The indigenous population around Chiapas is very superstitious and skeptical of camera equipment, and the Zapatistas almost never appear on film at all. When they do, they're always covered in ski masks or bandanas. Like my bandana! We crisscrossed the city trying to get more information from a Zapatista coffee shop, from locals on the street, from tourists. But our efforts were failing. That is until a shop owner connected us with Paco. We didn't know who Paco was, or how he was connected to the Zapatistas, but if he was down to talk, we were down to listen. We got on the phone with Paco and scheduled a meeting with him for the next morning with the hopes of getting him on camera. That morning, we brewed some local Chiapas coffee and planned out some questions to ask Paco about the Zapatistas. Um, and then we want to get more into like learn more about the Zapatistas, who they are, what they've done, where they're going. I don't know if I could fit six eggs on this. At 10 a.m., we walked into town, up to Red Door 77, and knocked. A few of his friends opened the door and showed us around the Zapatista video library they'd amassed over the years. And then we met Paco. Long black hair pulled back into a ponytail, black shirt, olive denim jacket, black pants, brown boots, silver earrings. He had deep brown eyes that stared directly into our own. My background is, is, a, is a photographer, a photography. I studied in Mexico City. I wanted to produce images. Um, I wanted to, uh, and that's kind of the reason why I, I've been behind the camera 
and in my community and in my hometown, which is outside of Mexico City, is a is an Nahua indigenous community uh, that has been there for before the the, the, the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, community that has been living in these mountains for hundreds of years, preserving the, the territory and the land, and trying to accommodate the development of a community. We told him about who we were and what we were doing. We're three guys making a TV show about our adventure from New York City to Argentina. It's all about having fun and learning about the places we travel through. And we thought it would be great to learn more about the Zapatistas, given how prominent they are in this region. Paco stepped back, looked at us for a minute, thought about the situation. We tried to fill in the silences, but without any words, he quieted us down. And then he just tore us to pieces. He told us what we were trying to do here was superficial. He said he was uncomfortable with our show and what we wanted to film. He made it clear that the history of the Zapatistas is complex, that their cause is one of basic human rights, which they've been fighting for for over 30 years, and how any attempt we made to try and capture their story within the context of our show would be disrespectful to the Zapatista community and their cause. He was just so fucking real. He wasn't rude. He wasn't unfair. He saw the reality of the situation with far more clarity than we did. He was offended by our proposal, and he was communicating this fact in such a way that we felt the whole gravity of the situation. He was telling us the truth, and the truth hurt. He refused an interview at the time, but then made an offer. If we wanted to think about things a bit and come back in a few hours and try a different angle, he would consider speaking with us. We stepped out through the red doors, walked a few blocks from the apartment, set up our camera in the middle of the street, and sat down on the curb to reflect. I mean, it's only been five minutes since the meeting, so we've got a lot to think through, but he really changed the way, or questioned the way that we're going about things and um, how we see ourselves and what we're trying to do. Paco gut-checked us with reality. You see, It turns out that Paco is a pretty prominent figure in the Zapatista community. He runs an organization which teaches Zapatistas how to produce and distribute videos for internal community use and external communications to the world. He helps them learn to use the equipment, how to craft a narrative, how to edit videos, the whole shebang, giving them complete control over their story. And so when we told him what we wanted to do, Paco balked. The Goulet Show isn't exactly the first place one would turn for investigative journalism. We knew this from the moment he started talking, and as we reflected on our meeting, our perspective shifted. The people we put on camera are multifaceted individuals. Their lives are complex and full of joys and struggles. Obviously we know this, but we had been approaching many situations with a hubris that we could just have some fun and put people on camera. Most of the time this is actually totally fine, but with the Zapatistas there was a lot to know and even more to try and convey. Too much to know or convey. We're just three white boys from New York City. Not exactly who the Zapatistas have in mind to tell their story of struggle. Over the next few hours and some iced coffee, we retooled our approach and returned to Paco. Paco, after we had that conversation earlier, we kind of reflected on what the story is that we want to tell and kind of what makes sense for us. And we realized that you were right in saying that like this, us trying to uncover the story of the Zapatistas is A1 we're not really equipped for or informed about, so it would be a pretty shallow story. Um, what we thought instead, and as we, we kind of reflected, is what would be better is to learn a bit more about you and your organization, Promedia, 
um, and kind of the work that, that you guys do and, and how that, this fits into a bigger story. Mm -hmm. um, and as filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers ourselves, we thought that would be really interesting to learn more about your organization. All right. Yeah. Cool. As, as you so. please. <laughs> of course. He agreed to sit down with us, and over the next hour or so, we ended up learning a whole lot about Paco, where he came from, and how he works with the Zapatista communities. But we also got some free lessons on how to be better filmmakers. When, if you guys really respect the people uh, that you met in the, on the path, on the way, um, I really want to portray, not for, because it's fun, not only because it's, but because it's human. Right, because that is someone there. There's a life of someone. Don't I want to say? Don't let your project to become a fart joke abroad yeah. <laughs> documentary. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't let it happen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna. I mean, if that's your starting point, you're gonna uh, betray yourself. We left the conversation with our heads held high. Although we had been knocked down earlier in the day being humbled and a bit humiliated by Paco. We learned more that day than on pretty much any other day of the rally. Even if our show isn't filled with investigative journalism, we can still do our best to convey the depths and complexities of the people we meet and the cultures we encounter along the way. It's not all jokes. We have a responsibility that comes with putting people's stories on the screen. It's a responsibility we were aware of but not fully stepping up to. Paco challenged us to step up. And from here on out, you bet the Goulets are going to step up. Real talk. All right, it's time for some real talk. I'm doing this completely off the cuff. I actually, I'm freestyling right now. Um, I've just been thinking this through while we've been recording this, and I'm being told that I have 30 seconds. Okay. If you had talked to me or us 30 nights ago, we would have been shaken in our boots about Mexico. Um, in fact, our original plan for our trip and the show was we were going to skip Mexico altogether, fly to Guatemala, buy a car there, and drive on. We were terrified of Mexico, and it showed. It was real and raw fear. Uh, that night camping out in Laredo, Texas, before we went to Mexico, terrified. Um, 30 days later, uh, I'm going to be homesick for Mexico. We've met amazing people. We've seen amazing things, eaten amazing food. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't sit here. It wouldn't be real talk if I sat here and said there was never any crime in Mexico, but, uh, I guess the real talk is, uh, let's keep it real. Mexico, um, is a lot more accessible and, uh, a lot more loving than you might think it is. You just got to give it a chance. Now your moment of zen. One of the things we were most excited for in Palenque was in Palenque seeing monkeys. And we've been here for days and days and haven't seen a single monkey out. And right before we leave, right when we least expected, we are seeing a whole group of them in the trees right next to our campsite. 
It's so cool. Oh my god, 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 monkey. Muchas gracias for listening and a huge shout out to Saul Guanipa, who created the original music for this podcast. You can check out more of his music at saulguanipa.com. That's S-A-U-L-G-U-A-N-I-P-A.com. And if you haven't already, join our mailing list at www.globalgoulets.com, where you can check out our blog and also track us in real time via GPS. Also find us on social media at Global Goulets. Keep, Keep on... Go- oh, shit, that wasn't it. <laughs> Keep on... Keep on goolibing, goolivers. <laughs>